Dear brothers and sisters in Christ, are you a sheep or a goat? You will be one or the other when, when Christ returns. Again, you know, we heard in the gospel reading, when the Son of Man comes in his glory and all of the angels with him, then he will sit on his glorious throne. Before him will be gathered all the nations, and he will separate people, one from another, as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. And he will place the sheep on his right, but the goats on his left. First of all, the truth is that there will be a judgment day. And on this judgment day, there will be a separation of people into sheep or goats. But a lot of people don't want to hear that. They only want to think of heaven. Well, you really can't have one without the other. You know, denial will not change the reality of it. The fact is, Judgment Day is coming. Jesus is coming again. The Son of Man will come in all of his glory, and he will sit on the throne as royal judge of all. We confess this in the church. In the three ecumenical creeds, the three creeds that Lutherans believe in, the Athanasian Creed, the Apostles' Creed, the Nicene Creed, we hear these words, Christ will come to judge the living and the dead. And that takes place the day he comes, known as Judgment Day. And in this judgment, in this separation, people will either be on his right or on his left. Notice there is no middle ground. You can't be a sheeple. Seriously, for a moment, think about that. You know, in our lives, I think we like to take the middle road. But in the end, it's either on his right or his left. Your right or left. So there's no more pretending. No more play acting. It's time to get serious. Sheep will be revealed as sheep and goats will be revealed as goats. But this is not always immediately apparent in this life, is it? But it will be then. And here's something else. The whole world will see this. And it makes a difference whether you are a sheep or a goat. Their destinations are different. To the goats on his left, the king says, depart from me, you cursed, into the eternal fire prepared for the devil and his angels. 
And he says, and these go away into eternal punishment. But the sheep, the righteous ones, the ones that are sitting at the king's right side will come into eternal life. They will inherit a kingdom, a blessed kingdom that's been prepared for them since the foundation of the world. The second thing about the separation of the sheep and goats is this. This judgment will be based on works. Yes, you heard me right. Based on works. The king will judge us on our works. Now, wait a minute, you're probably thinking, pastor's preaching heresy. Because we've been taught we're not saved by works. But we're going to be judged by works. And again, to the one group, he will say, I was hungry, you gave me food. I was thirsty, you gave me drink. On the other side, I was hungry, and you gave me no food. I was thirsty, and you gave me no drink. That sounds like works, doesn't it? So it will be good works, either done or not done, that will be the standard for judgment. Getting a little uneasy and comfortable yet? I promise this will all come together, I hope. But did you know that this is the consistent teaching of Scripture? Judgment according to works. Earlier in Matthew's Gospel, Jesus says, the Son of Man is going to come with his angels in the glory of his Father, and then he will repay each person according to what he has done. Sounds like works, right? Another one, St. Paul in 2 Corinthians. We must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ so that each one may receive what is due for what he has done in the body, whether good or evil. Hmm, works again. And then in Revelation, behold, I am coming soon, bringing my recompense with me to repay everyone for what he has done. Hmm. Do you see a theme here? Works. This is the church's teaching. God's works will be cited as evidence when the righteous are rewarded. Good works not done likewise will be cited as evidence when those on the left are told to depart. So our first two points about the sheep and goats are these. First, there will be a judgment, a separation. Second, this judgment will be based on works. Now, here's the third point. It is only faith 
in Christ that can produce the good works that the righteous sheep do. Notice when the king says, when he commends their good deeds, again he says, I was hungry, you gave me something. He commends them for doing things that helped our neighbor. And that's the thing is, when we help our neighbor, our friends, we're helping God. Everything is centered around the person of Christ, the King. If the work, if the work, if the good works are done in connection to Christ, then it is regarded as a good work. So you, do you see the, the connection here right away? Judgment upon works, but faith is needed in the heart, faith that is connected to Christ to produce these works. So we must be linked to Christ and his goodness, his righteous goodness, by which we sinners are counted as good. So faith in Christ is the key whether your works will be judged good or not. It may seem like I'm repeating a few things, but that's intentional. Because I don't want you to walk out thinking, I didn't do a good not good enough, I didn't do a lot of good works this past week. Am I really saved? That's not the point. So in the final analysis, it is faith that saves, faith in Christ. Faith alone apart from works. Our works do not earn us in the slightest degree salvation. That's Christ on the cross and his resurrection. Only Jesus can earn that for us. He died to wipe the slate clean. His precious blood washes away our unfavorable record of sins. And so those sins will not be brought forward when the books are opened. So how do we understand this relationship between faith and works regarding judgment? Again, faith saves, but the faith that saves is never alone. Again, the faith that saves is never alone. It is always accompanied by works. Saving faith will produce good works. So the works then are the evidence, the proof that living faith was indeed present in the believer. Faith works. Like a good tree. It produces what? Good fruit. In fact, James says what? Faith without works is dead. 
Now, when the Lutheran reformers presented the Augsburg Confession, the time of Martin Luther and the time thereafter, Philip, Melanchthon, and others, the Augsburg Confession talks about grace through faith. And their opponents, the, those who said that works are the basis of judgment and salvation, how did, the, how did the Lutherans respond to that? Well, this is what we hear in the confessions. In these and all similar passages, where works are praised in the scriptures, it is necessary to understand not only outward works, but also the faith of the heart. When eternal life is granted to works, it is granted to those who have been justified. Only justified people who are led by the Spirit can do the good works that God desires. Without faith and without Christ as the mediator, good works do not please God. We heard in the gospel lesson the phrase, you gave me food. That text is cited as fruit and evidence of the righteousness of the believer's heart. So in this way, the reformers say, scripture clearly teaches that the righteousness of the heart is connected to the works that God desires from his people. So do not look to your works to save you. Something interesting here in this story in the gospel. Notice that the righteous, the sheep, notice that they were kind of surprised when their good works were mentioned. Think about that. They were surprised that their good works were mentioned. You know, they said, Lord, when did we see you? You see, they weren't out keeping some score, tabulating their brownie points as they went through life. Instead, their good works are cited to show that they indeed have a living faith that is connected to Christ and again, when connected to Christ, good works will flow from the heart, not keeping score, not even realizing that you're doing them. Because you have a love for God and what he has done for you. We look to the finished work of Christ. It is only Christ who can produce these works for us and account them as good. One of the key points I want you to leave here today is that we need to be connected to Christ. And being connected to Christ only comes through his word, the gospel. It comes through his word. 
It comes from through the sacrament, through our baptismal grace, through our Christian friends and family. And in that good news, we hear our sins are forgiven by Christ. And so we joyfully go out and serve man because we love God. Does that sound confusing? I hope not. Because the good news that I bring you today is that God has forgiven you for all of your sins. If you've been keeping a tabulation in your mind of the good things you've been doing to earn his favor, you're forgiven. If you've been withholding those things to help your neighbor, your friend, you're forgiven. That's a loving God that we have. And so on the last day, we will stand before our king. We will all be separated into two groups. And we will be like the sheep, not even aware of our good works. Why? Because we're connected to Christ. And those on his left, they're even going to be surprised by their lack of works. Why? Because they did not believe in God. And now they have to pay the ultimate penalty. So as we depart today, remember first, salvation comes through Christ. I'm sure you've heard this phrase before, his love, our response. A response that flows from faith because of what Christ has done for us. To God be the glory forever and ever. Amen. Mm -hmm.